0: It's the Bumblecast. I'm your host, Ian Flynn, the Bumble King. And joining me as always is my Bumble co-host, Kyle,
1: GCRB Krauss. I am joining you as always. Almost always. There's been a few times where it's not been me, but that's okay. More often than not. I know. I, I, I just happen to be here. It's a good thing I am happen to be around. It's a good thing I'm not busy or anything, you know? Unlike you, who's very busy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Now, now, you are very busy because you are the one who organizes all the questions we get from our patrons over at patreon.com slash bumblecast, ko com slash bumblecast, and our YouTube members.
1: I guess. I guess. I, I mean, I only do that like once a week, but still. All right, fine. I'll take it. I'm busy. All right. <laughs> there you go. Then
0: let's get busy with it.
1: All right, let's do it. Let's jump into this question here from Sonic Fan. In a previous question from Scourge Time, you've mentioned Scourge's Moonshine. Now, me and a friend were wondering, what would Scourge's and the members of the
0: Suppression Squad's favorite alcoholic drink be? Uh, Hard to say, because I don't know alcohol at all. But I don't know. if, If Scourge Moonshine's, then I guess he drinks his own product. And a couple days later, when he regains his vision... He figures he'll do it again. (laughs) Uh, Alicia and Miles enjoy something that actually has a vintage, something that wouldn't take the varnish off a house. Mm -hmm. And yeah, Miles is underage, but he's also evil. What are you going to do? You going to stop him? Mm -hmm. See you try.
1: You think there are drinking Uh, laws on Moabius?
0: (laughs) Nobody cares. Uh, Patch... Also pretends like he, you know, has a fine palate, but he'll drink, you know, box wine. <laughs> and, oh, yes, I can. Mm, the floral, the, the the thing in the mouth with the test and the sniff. Yes, yes, of course. I am well versed in my wines. haha. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Boomer, Boomer takes the moonshine stuff and distills it into something that's actually drinkable, like without worrying about burning your intestines. Okay, boomer. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: Boring. <sighs> that or he's got so many cybernetics in his plumbing that he's able to eat drink Scourge's moonshine straight without actually hurting himself, and he intentionally bait Scourge into drinking contests just to hurt him. Ooh ooh
1: ooh nice. Well I mean he didn't need that liver did he? Nah, he upgraded that years ago. Okay, good. <laughs> all right, here's one from Alpha Mono or Yukon. In the distant future, when the world is in flames and all fall before the unstoppable force, while the remainder are reduced to ash in its wake, the survivors shall ask but one question. Ian Flynn, what is your supervillain origin story?
0: <laughs> I'm 90 years old. I've been put in a home. I've lost all contact with the outside world, and the young, bright-eyed orderly goes, Oh my gosh, you're Ian Flynn? Yes, I think, still. Can I ask you a question? Why did you hate Sally? (laughs) And that's when just everything snaps, and the pure vitriol reverses my aging, and I shed my mortal form, and emerge new in a flame. Uh-huh. And thus begins my reign of terror upon the world. <laughs> well, why do you hate Sally Acorn? Oh, for pity's
1: sake.
0: <laughs> Ian hates Sally confirmed. <laughs> and the thing is, you can make it a Mad Libs for that one line. Why do you hate Amy? Why do you hate Sonic? Why do you hate Tails? Why do you hate freedom? I don't know.
1: <laughs> why do you hate America? Why do you hate Canada? <laughs> why do you hate me? <laughs>
0: uh, why do you hate Mega Man? <laughs> oh, I haven't heard that one. <laughs> At least not in a while. No, 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 no.
1: <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> That leads us into our next question from Anarchimation. I've always perceived Amy as a victim of prejudice. I remember discussions online where people were bringing down Amy, and I've also seen others claim that Amy is an easy target for hate, too. I want Sonic Team to acknowledge how much people forsake Amy, call her worthless shipbait, a literal running gag, or, or an annoying menace, how much Amy has to work in order for people to respect her, what privileges that she loses that Sonic and the rest get, And how inadequate and alienated she feels. Imagine she could be running the restoration and there'll still be people snickering in the back outright saying, why don't you just die? Or Tripper, laughing in her face, jeering her, asking, think Sonic has any time for you? A kid could be wearing one of those Sonic hats, then hides it the second she comes. Is that too much to ask from Sega? Uh,
0: Okay, number one, Amy is not a real person. She is a cartoon character. She is a product. She cannot be persecuted. Folks may not enjoy her character. Folks may not enjoy that product. And that's okay. People can also enjoy her a lot. And that's also okay. But to actively invent scenarios to create straw men just to be torn down, that's not worth anybody's time. If you enjoy Amy for who she is and what she does, that's fine. And do that. And those who don't, don't interact with them. It's really that simple. Don't go looking for the hate. Go with the groups that enjoy her and what she does and enjoy that product together. Reasonably, within limits. Like Scourge's Moonshine. (laughs) Apparently, that is completely unreasonable, though,
1: even, like, just a swallow of it. Anyway. Okay, so maybe that's not
0: a perfect
1: analogy, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. I also, remember, I have to read these things. Like, this is, like, <laughs> this is, I have to read these things out loud. I, people could use this to blackmail me. I, I mean, uh, they wouldn't get very far. There's nothing to really blackmail me over, but, you know, <laughs> just remember that. There is one from Andrew D. I noticed in Sonic Origins Plus, after obtaining all seven Chaos Emeralds with Amy and either Sonic 2 or Sonic 3 and Knuckles, there is no message about what form she can take. Then, when she obtains all seven Super Emeralds in Sonic 3 and Knuckles, a message appears saying that she can become Super Amy. Is this an error, or does Amy have a unique, lesser, powerful, unnamed Super form that can only truly become Super with the Super Emeralds?
0: Uh, I can't remember if this was tinkered with. This feels but I think like, Tails was the same way.
1: Yes, feels like a holdover from Tails, yeah, because Tails was the same way. He did not, or he, Super Tails was a result of the uh, Super Emeralds, but if you got all seven right. Chaos Emeralds with him, I don't think he got a super form at all. I don't think he got any form. It wasn't until... I don't think so, no. He got the Hyper yeah.
0: Emeralds. So. So, I imagine it's that, which would be an interesting bit of consistency.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. hmm. Does she only go super after you get all the hyper emeralds? I, I haven't played far enough with Amy to see.
0: I, like, I haven't had time to sit down, and I have hard enough time doing the special stages at all. Like finding they... time to do them right now, not so easy. But yeah, I don't think so. Hmm.
1: Okay. Well, I'm just wondering, like, if if it's a bug, like a tails holdover, or if it is actually intended could be intended so
0: i am inclined to believe it's intended because they're both kind of the younger understudy characters at this point so i i think it's that
1: maybe maybe Hmm. all right well either way we got a question here from anonymous what are some of your favorite sonic boom episodes where you really wish there would have been more than just 11 minutes to tell the story Honestly, boom, nothing in
0: format is what really makes it what it is. <laughs> like, Yeah, I don't I can't think of anything immediately off the top of my head where it's like, oh, they needed more time to pad out the gag. Usually it's like, OK, you got the optimized mileage out of the gimmick and we're done. Yeah, like yeah. It, it was good as it was like some of the season one stuff when they were finding their footing it felt like 11 minutes was a little long yeah. in some cases, but once they really hit their stride in season two, it, it wasn't so much the episode length. It's just, I just wanted more in general. <laughs> I just wanted season three. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I I think time wise, they were all pretty solid. I just wanted more.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think the 11 minutes really suits the type of show that boom is. Like, if Adventures of were 11 minutes instead of 22, it might have actually mm. been better served. Because I know a lot of the Adventures mm. of episodes kind of drag and go on and are a bit padded out. So it it, it helped. It helped, I think, for Boom to go with the uh, shorter format. All right, here's a question from Ozjam. Everyone loves a good villain, but which by which I mean a... Well-written one, of course, but obviously some enjoy a villain who does crimes that aren't downright evil, or some that are campy and have that bit of good in them to either be a nuisance at best or an ally in the future. So, I ask Ian and Kyle, what are some good villains that you enjoy that fall into that category? Along with that, how do you, Ian, approach writing that type of villain archetype without going overboard and flanderization, but also not try to make them do horrible things that are ignored by our heroes?
0: Uh, part of that depends on the series itself. Like if you're doing something that's a little more serious in nature, having the goofy lesser enemy is maybe not quite suited. Mm -hmm. But I mean, personally speaking, I, like the hooligans and rough and tumble fall square into that format. They're just fun, dumb, goofy antagonists. (laughs) Mm hmm. They're very much the Rocksteady and Bebop, Jesse, James, and Meowth. Um, Who else? Who else? Who else? Strong bad. I I, I don't (laughs) want (laughs) to. I mean, yeah, which is kind of weird since he's almost the star of the show. He really is. Yeah, Uh, he
1: I think I I think he was flanderized to the point of greatness. Like
0: that's. It's weird. That's very strange, but yeah. Um, I wouldn't cite too many of like the '80s era villains because, as goofy and non-threatening as they were, they were meant to be Uh antagonists. You know, Mumra's minions, the mob out of Silver Hawks, uh, any of Skeletor's crew—they weren't meant generally to be. Goofy, they were meant to be threatening within the context of their own narrative. So those don't quite count. Uh, but you're Rock City and Bebop, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite moments from them was the big crossover movie between the three animated styles of turtles at the time. And, you know, they accidentally trip over a cable that robs the power source that was going to defeat Krang. Mm-hmm. And they go, Oops we did a bad and they plug it back in and they end up saving the day. Our Boss is going to be so happy with us. It's like, Oh, this is so wonderfully stupid. I love it. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Turtles forever. Good, good stuff. And <laughs> to a degree, some of the early Batman animated series, like the uh, Riddler specifically comes to mind. Yeah. I mean, he certainly did try to kill people but it was fun (laughs) a little bit of murder as a treat (laughs) i mean even joker in that series as as vile as he got towards the end of it all it was still fun and not like some of the more recent incarnations where it's like oh we're going to make him especially grim and edgy and threatening it's like yeah, but he's not fun. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I enjoy Nolan's interpretation of the characters that he was that kind of fine line, you know, grounded, serious, edgy, but he was still kind of funny. Like, you wanna see a magic trick? And like bangs a guy's head into the pencil. It's like, oh, that's gruesome, but also kind of funny in a dark way. He... Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. Yeah. It's to to handle that kind of villain. In a series, you have to be aware of what your target is for the whole series, and you know if you're going to have an antagonist that is to be treated seriously, then whoever your goofball villains are, they can never reach the same heights. They can never threaten in the to the same degree. You just have to be mindful of their application.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of Batman, here's a question from Batman69Lol. Typically, when people make all-ages media, it's usually designed for a younger audience, but can be enjoyed by an older audience. My question is, how would you make an all-ages story that is designed for an older audience, but can be enjoyed by a younger one?
0: Write the adult version and just take out all the swears and the blood and the sex and the violence. Well, then what do you have? An all-ages thing designed for adults. (laughs) If
1: you take out all the blood, sex, and the violence, then what?
0: what hmm, what's left? You have the character interactions. You have the stakes of whatever the adventure is. You have the themes and the language that you use. You can spend a little more time on the character interaction and the higher philosophical level of stuff than having necessarily punctuated with a punchline or a gag or an action beat. As long as the character interactions are engaging, it can drive you forward a bit. I mean, base, I mean, look at anything out there that has had a solid adult audience and just look at, you know, the blood sex and violence and say, okay, where was this really necessary? And where was it put in there just to say, Oh, look, This is adult content. What could be taken out? What could have been skirted around and still achieved the same goal?
1: Hmm. 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 Yeah. But then how do you prevent the younger audiences from getting bored with it? That is a fine line Uh, to to cross. That is a fine line to straddle, I suppose.
0: Counterpoint, if you're doing an all ages piece of media that's geared more for children, how do you keep the adults interested? True. True. True, true, true. And the answer is you don't because you're already aiming for the kids. If you can grab the adult audience too, great. So conversely, if you're doing an all ages piece of media that is geared more for an adult audience, if you can't retain the child audience, well, that's not who you we're aiming for anyway. But if it's accessible to them and it's something that your adult audience can bring in, then bonus.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe. All right. Well, Let's go ahead and move on to this one from Calico 728 Sage goes to Cream's house for a Playdate
0: slash tea party. How does it go? She is on her best behavior because father told her she had to be on her best behavior, and she does what father says, even though this is utterly inane. She can't even drink, and it's not even actual tea. It's make-believe. This is stupid. (laughs) Meanwhile, Eggman's in the other room with Vanilla going, Please tell me how to be a parent. I have no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) You brought I this... gave her shoes. Was that a good thing? Do children like shoes? <laughs> you brought this on yourself, Eggman.
1: <laughs> You're the one who decided you needed a child, apparently.
0: She was a happy little accident. I can't tell her that. She'll take it the wrong way. <laughs> she already knows. <laughs> 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 cream meanwhile is a you know perfect hostess she's been trained well by vanilla oh, she's of course. going to be you know you know absolutely wonderful and delightful and sage will just kind of roll with it while rolling her eyes
1: <laughs> i feel like sage would
0: eventually kind
1: of get into it eventually she'd she like it more than she would let on yes yes she tries to be cool but she's not cool her
0: after. Her after-action report, it was utterly inane. They conversed with inanimate objects. They drank imaginary tea. She was forced to consume these easy-bake oven delicatessens. She was literally counting the seconds until they could finally disengage from the operation. But, you know, it's only one data set. To have a proper understanding, she'd have to go back at least two, maybe three times. When can they do this again? Uh. Turns out
1: cream is just too likable. <laughs> uh, nice. Chow Researcher has a question. In IDW Sonic issue number seven, Metal Sonic mentions how his rebelliousness was removed from his coding. Despite knowing this, Sonic simply sets Metal Sonic on the loose in issue 12. This seems cruel. What was Sonic a Tail's reasoning for not reprogramming Metal
0: Sonic like they did with General? Well, General was, like, devastated. He had to be more or less rebuilt. Uh, he was in a different state and two different relationship. Like general was the new kid on the block. They didn't have that understanding. Sonic's understanding of metal Sonic is far more personal and deeper rooted. Um, metal Sonic's pursuit of something more is more understood and better defined than general, who was just like battle droid. So giving Metal Sonic that opportunity to try to expand was what Sonic was going for. And as far as he knew, Eggman was gone, that there was no one else that could make Metal an actual threat. There was no Eggman Empire to serve. So if he had nothing to do, if there was no parameter of someone to serve, maybe he could expand a little bit. And then Starline showed up and ruined all of that. Dyke Starline. Here's a question from Konga. Given that Imperator
1: X is the last male character to receive a real super form back in Sonic Chronicles, unless you want to only count canon games, in which case it's silver in Sonic 06, or to be pedantic and count Mighty and Ray in Sonic Mania Plus. Out of all the original male characters in the current IDW series, who do you see as the most likely to get a super form, and what color would their super form be? It does not have to be through the Chaos Emeralds. For example, Kit goes super with the family hyper mince bag. I feel like this one may be tougher to answer, so you can include game characters if you feel like it.
0: I mean, if you want to be super pedantic, Mighty and Ray's superforms aren't really canon. They're more of a gameplay gimmick. But uh, who would be the next male character to get a superform? I don't want to, for the spirit of the question... I don't want to go into the equivalency territory. Like mm-hmm. you know, it, back in the Archie days, we had overclocked Nicole, which totally wasn't a super form because you because you can't have super forms other than the hedgehogs. No, over overclocked was totally different. Wink, nudge. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, you know, dunking Kit into a water tower and saying he's now perfect chaos Kit. I feel like that's that's too easy and out. Then anybody can get some kind of super form because then you you just find the excuse to give them a power up. <laughs> so full on, grab your emeralds, transform into some kind of golden god, and the question is like, who who deserves it? Like, what what would they gain thematically? What would be? Where is the hype moment in there? And I'm I want to go with Knuckles. And before you say, wait, he did go super. It's the canon on that is fuzzy. Tails as well, although I think he's a little further down the chain. But like a straight up, no argument either Chaos Emeralds or Master Emerald path, just indisputable Super Knuckles. Would be cool. Just give my boy that moment. Mm-hmm.
1: What about the original uh, IDW male characters, though? That's what the question is.
0: Oh, oh, I missed that one. Yeah. Well, He did say game characters. He also uh, did
1: say you can include game characters if you feel like. But I'm just trying to think who would go. So- I don't know if we need a superstar line. <laughs> I feel like, having, like- the, having the Tricor is already pretty...
0: Like, Mimic, it's not his style no. to be, you know, glittering and overpowered. It's it's not what he would do. Rough and tumble would be funny, but <laughs> it feels like that's almost like Super Saiyan 3 Gotenks. At that point, the power becomes a joke. I almost feel like sullying the transformation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, clutch, maybe, but... Again, doesn't really feel like his style. Yeah. He isn't really on the front lines. He's a manipulator from the background as a desperation move. Maybe like they corner him and he's like, well, I didn't want to do this, but whoa bam, (laughs) come at me. That might work. Um, And yeah, kit. uh, Maybe also kind of like a back into a corner type of thing. Surge is trying to go super. Misses out, looks like she's in peril, so Kit decides to go full Super Saiyan on it. That's a maybe. Starline would make the most sense to me, given how much he understands the meta-narrative and his uh, history with working with the Warp Topaz and other arcane sources of power. I could see him trying to grant the Superform for himself to use it properly, so to speak. Uh, Color-wise, if the games are anything to go by, everyone just kind of becomes an extremely luminous version of themselves. Like, they are the light source. So whatever they are at a base color would just become a very oversaturated or, I guess, desaturated pastel version. The hedgehogs are different. The hedgehogs all get some variation of kind of gold to them, but everyone else seems to just kind of glow
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm well i think we all know the real answer kip the capybara <laughs> <laughs> i mean when you're right
0: you're right yeah yeah pretty much no 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 okay i'm gonna oh this is gonna be kind of a cheat okay but scrapnik island 2 okay the Scrapniks are all in deadly peril uh, mm. and scrapnik Me- scrapnik mecca goes full on super again to save all his little robot brothers and sisters
1: okay fine
0: <laughs> yeah danny if you're listening that's for free run with it baby oh uh, i'm i'm sticking with kip <laughs> my boy kip
1: uh let him go super as a treat for having to try and teach sonic how to drive <laughs> uh <laughs> All right, let's get into this question here from CoolChristy01. In RG Sonic the Hedgehog comics, can you fill me in on what happened between issues 90 and 131? It's too bad that there are no mini-graphic novels of Sonic the Hedgehog during those issue gaps. I was only in high school when I got Sonic issue 131. Can you explain what happened in those issues? Uh, Those issues issues were like...
0: I don't think much happened in those issues, honestly. <laughs> I like, think you
1: probably don't really need
0: them. But- I honestly don't remember off the top of my head, and there are at least two wikis out there that will give you the summation. Yeah, the, the information's out there.
1: Yeah, go check out go check out the wikis. Uh, I'm being told that Robotnik's resurrection happened in those issues. And it's like, all right, <laughs> it was that long. I don't think it was just that the the, the whole Zorda thing happened in those issues and oh yeah right right right, right yeah right. yeah all the yeah yeah it, it, nothing important Sonic went to space I mean it yeah, sounds tossed in space it sounds important when you say it but it's really not
0: <laughs> okay so just, again go go to the wikis because this that'll be more informative but. <laughs> Okay, if ninety, a whole lot of one hundred was the whole ultimate villain arc that never went anywhere. A whole lot
1: of relationship drama happened. I know that that was in like the one twenties. That 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 sucked. <laughs> like, yeah.
0: So, so some somewhere between ninety and the early hundreds, Knuckles died. <laughs> yeah, but he got, got better. And. Yeah, the the Zorda invaded evil brain squids, and it was retconned that the Chaos Emeralds were <laughs> like gene bombs or something. That 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 later got retconned. Point is, all humans and furries all come from the same gene source. Knuckles was green uh, for a Sonic while. Got, <laughs> two and a half years, I remember that. Oi, uh, <laughs> Sonic got tossed to the other side of the galaxy, but he got better. <laughs> that led to a time skip. Uh-huh. Uh Everybody got light redesigns. Oh, that's when they introduced the whole Antoine is an Antoine thing. Uh, well, it's where it started, at least. Antoine is an Antoine. Antoine
1: might... is is Antoine. Isn't Ant- Oh, well, okay. he Is not Antoine. Is that he... what you were?
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 The whole patch angle. Uh, you know, so right.
1: Oh boy, here comes here comes Aaliyah with her encyclopedic knowledge and memory of this stuff. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I wasn't going to get into
2: all that. Why not? It's so dumb and a lot of people don't know about it. That's
0: why I don't want to get into it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What are we getting into? What have we gotten ourselves into,
0: Ian? (laughs) We're not getting into all the nitty gritty of it. (laughs) uh, There there were some big status quo shifts, and that's about it. (laughs) And then nothing happened. See, I'm not quite sure, because 125 was the whole quantum dial and invasion stuff, and then it was like five or six issues of Sonic being in space, and then New knot hole. so I guess 131 would have been around the time we got to Angel Island, Infinitivus, maybe? Mm.
1: I gotta be honest. Again, go to,
0: go to the wiki. I haven't had to keep up with this part of the canon and for so long i don't remember i i gotta You're be better off going to one of the wikis.
1: i gotta i gotta be honest with you this is this is like i honestly i do not remember most <laughs> of this like as a kid i read up through like archisonic number 67 i can remember what happens in those issues but having gone back later and read all the stuff that happened that I did not get a chance to read at the time between when you started at 160 and where I left off, I'm like, I barely remember anything that happened here. It, it, it's just, it's like just a kind of a blur and just kind of like, yeah, well, that was a thing. That was a thing. Just a bunch of stuff. A bunch of stuff happened, but is it worth remembering? I don't know. What is worth remembering, though, is that we need to take a break because we, we got to get through this nonsense. So let's go ahead and get through the nonsense, and we'll be back with more on the Bubblecast. We're back. We got a question from Dev. With Sonic Superstars releasing soon and Origins Plus Manual inserted into Plus, I was just curious if we're going to go back to character bios in-game, or at least inside game cases again for Sonic games. I don't know about you, but I love reading about the characters in the game regardless of how many times I've read about the basis of who they are, and of course, love reading about the new characters in the games.
0: I have no idea. That is up to the dev team and, I guess, marketing team and whoever it is who puts those together.
1: I'm going to say that there will probably be no manuals except for like special editions because manuals cost a few cents extra and we can't have that. (laughs) So I'm going to say you're probably not going to be seeing any sort of manuals with character bios physically in the game cases. But I mean, they might be in the games. Here's a question from Dove does dr eggman moonlight as a regular doctor are you safe going to him is he also an optometrist if amy needed glasses would he be able to find out her prescription
0: no 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 and also no 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 no
1: <laughs> maybe maybe like, boom I, I don't...
0: eggman maybe vaguely like maybe. I, I could
1: see that as like the 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 premise for one episode <laughs> it's another boom
0: episode <laughs> both of them I think would result in the same thing just won't be played for laughs yes. in that he prescribes mechanical prosthesis for everything well yeah you know, <laughs> I have a cough here I'll put you in a bad neck or in the boom version he just has people walking around in portable iron lungs <laughs> you know, Amy needs glasses now she's wearing one of those giant optometrist goggle things <laughs> with the little individual lenses <laughs> <laughs> it would be the perfect setup though for the classic joke doctor it hurts when i do this well don't do that
1: <laughs> amy needs glasses she walks out with braces headgear whoops <laughs>
0: <laughs> wrong thing
1: <laughs> well to
0: be fair you were unsightly when you came in here but bum, bum bum. Bum <laughs> <laughs> They're running out of patience. I know these people are incorrigible. <laughs> I like how I like how medical doctor boom eggman is just Groucho Marks.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Alright, here's a question from e under Paragon. Regarding the Jurassic Park bit, how would the IDW cast respond to the manifestation of the Indominus Rex from Jurassic World? Side note, cheesing the fight is not allowed. You have to play it straight. Sorry, big worshippers, or I guess bigots? No, that is not the fan. No, we're not calling them that. That is not the fan name for big big fans. We we prefer calling ourselves big heads. Thank you very much.
0: (laughs) All right, real quick. Let me look up which stupid thing the Adominus Rex was. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Are you saying these Jurassic World movies were dumb?
0: Super dumb. Oh,
1: they were, yes. Oh. In, in a fun
0: way in some places, but
1: eh. Yeah, yeah. I I I do not yeah, yeah. I mean the Indominus Rex is pretty cool, but it's still just like a it's the super form of the T Rex, basically. <laughs> is that the one that could turn invisible? Uh I don't remember.
0: Yes, okay. I'm being told yes, and it was able to like take over the velociraptors because it was just that much of a swagger alpha
1: I guess, yeah yeah okay. yeah yeah okay. It, it, it's
0: yeah, <laughs> I mean, as stupid as it is, it is a fairly accurate commentary on the the industry itself, and you know if they could create something purely driven by marketing nonsense, they would.
1: Uh uh So I can't
0: really toss out the whole concept, but anyway, uh, so you got a hyper intelligent camo inducing big old meat eater fighting the crew. And, uh, to be honest, if we're going to go Jurassic park rules, some folks would get it. That, that just would happen. Mm Hmm Sonic would eventually be able to take it down. He's fast enough. He's got the power behind it. But, you know, there would be a few unfortunate casualties along the way.
1: <laughs> yeah, but not the main cast. Couldn't eat any of them. No tasty knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> or at least he would get eaten, but then punch his way out. You. <laughs> You're not going to tell me that's not cool, though. Well, yeah, but, Yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. all right here's one from el Technopata. something that bothered me was the missed opportunity of the character eve what would you do with her in the archie reboot and an
0: idw uh i don't know because by her very design she's meant to be godlike yes and that is extremely hard to write around Because if she's antagonistic, why does she not just win? And if she's a support character, why does she just not win? Like, they were able to dance around it in her initial appearance of, you know, if you can do anything, why fight the little blue hedgehog? Just go out and do. And she's like, yeah, all right, that makes sense. Whoosh, off she goes. And that would have been fine. And her second appearance, I don't even remember. Outside, it was drawn by Don Best. And I think it was another one of those like base level logic things. And she was like, Oh wait, okay. I'm going to implode or something like that. It was. mm. So the idea of a perpetually evolving uh, counterpoint to Sonic is neat, but we've seen that in metal Sonic and Emerald and germinal to a degree. So we've already kind of tread that ground. And if we want someone who is a, Enforcer for Eggman with a familial bond. We saw that with Mecha, and we're getting that with Sage. So that's already been done. If given the opportunity, I would kind of pass. Maybe somebody else can come up with a clever way, but I don't really see a need for Eve as she is. And you know, she it's okay. She's gone.
1: <laughs> ah, yes. More Silver Age esque nonsense. Just what we need. <laughs> Oh, Eve! Why does Eve look like the uh m- look like Mother Brain from the uh Captain N
0: cartoon? <laughs> You'd have to ask Patrick spaziante I mean, if she hadn't gone so far in her first appearance, it might have been a more tenable character trait. Mm-hmm. but she went from like base level badneck to transcendent consciousness in twenty pages there's no putting that genie back in the bottle.
1: <laughs> mm. And she either looks like that mother brain or, uh, Andros's brain from star Fox 64. I'm not sure which knowing <laughs> not both either way. It's yeah. Yeah. She flew into the sun and died. It's it's so weird. Archie Sonic. So weird. <laughs> Here's one from Exidel. Are Central City, Station Square, and Westopolis all different cities? I know somewhere that you said Westopolis is not in Central City, but I wondered if Station Square is its own separate city too, or if it's just like a borough of Central City akin to New York City's boroughs. I figured Central City is referred to as the United Federation's capital, and in Sonic X, a Sonic Team supported media if outdated, the White House was located in Station Square. I know geography is a little wonky considering there's like seven different central cities these days, but I'm also just trying but I'm just trying to figure if the central city we saw in SA2 is also Station
0: Square. As far as I'm aware there are three different cities. Um and that's about as best as I can do.
1: <laughs> uh does Sega even know? Does Sonic Team even know?
0: Ah, that that's another meeting to be had at some point.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, well, <laughs> uh, Figure it out Ian. It's your home. This is your homework. Figure it out and come back to me later. <laughs> Here's a question from Fang. The Sonic cast is going to see Barbie, which among the cast enjoys the movie and who goes all out in pink when seeing it. Does Eggman see Oppenheimer instead, or does he pull a Barbenheimer?
0: Are you telling me? Wait, are you asking me if Eggman would pass up on a movie that is devoted to larger-than-life actualization through one's own name and property? He's going to see Barbie first. He's going to be taking notes. (laughs) She is an icon. Any idiot can build a bomb, but she... She lives a brand. She is the brand. <laughs> like, uh, just, what do you think Eggman Land is? He's chasing the bar that she has set so high. Yeah. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he would hate Oppenheimer because it's about how the, the regret. It would be like, this is so dull and boring. like. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Why do what you, are these morals? Get out of here! Why
1: do you regret building the bomb, Oppenheimer? You should have built a bigger bomb. <laughs> what an idiot this guy is!
0: Everybody else, I figure, would go see. You know, make it a big group event thing. Varying degrees of pink wearage. Uh-huh. I feel well, it's Amy's going to go all out.
1: I feel like Amy is the obvious one, even though it's like, come on. like it's too obvious I mean
0: when you're right you're right it's too obvious (laughs) but also I mean imagine the chaotics kind of show up and Vector's like you said you'd wear something just kind of nudges Espio, and he shifts into pink (laughs) you show off
1: Uh, meanwhile Shadow secretly loves Barbie he won't admit it (laughs) (laughs) he's just in the
0: back kind of sniffling to himself I am Kenneth. (laughs) Yep, yep.
1: (laughs) Uh, He he shadow loves it, secretly. He'd never admit it. Not a million years. (laughs) Uh, All right. Here's a question from Geo Knuckles. Who's more similar to Amy? Pinky, Momo, or Uravity? Honestly, I'd say she's kind of a fusion between the three. Or the three of them the are aspects Gen- of Amy. <laughs> her defusions yeah, 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 of her. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's well, uh, right. I don't know. Like, what, what, what pinky are they talking about? Pinky from Pinky in the Brain? I mean, that's the only pinky no, I can no, think Pinky of. from
0: My Hero Academia. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> like They're not the like same? Amy has. No, no oh. very much not. Oh, darn. <laughs> Sorry, Bray, but I think I can fill out that leotard. Yeah. <laughs> uh but i mean amy has pinky's like tenacity and heroism she has uh uraraka's uh, loving soul and commitment to others and momo's whole pull objects out of thin air type of thing going on so yeah she's all three <laughs> Mm. And don't at me in the comments, I know Momo doesn't pull out of thin air the whole thing about her quirk is manifesting the molecules and blah 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 blah. The joke is just there weapon in hand, from nothing. Run with it
1: I mean essentially essentially it's from nothing essentially doesn't matter how you explain it it's still it's still essentially what it is anyway. <laughs> here is one from Hatok. Even if it's mostly a joke, I really enjoy the softer depiction of Shadow in The Takeovers and Murder of Sonic. So I was wondering, if you were put in charge of a small, low-key comic showing another side of Shadow, what direction would you take Would you take it?
0: Uh, trying to stick in that vein? Try to hit the same notes. You know, Shadow isn't someone who is openly friendly or gregarious, but he, you know, works off to the side. For the betterment of others, without making a big deal of it, you know the type of thing where Cream didn't get what she wanted on Christmas, but oops, there's a surprise package in black and red wrapping paper, and it's from anonymous. It's totally Shadow, and it's that one thing that she wanted, mm-hmm. or you know, nobody came to Rough and Tumble's birthday party, and, and he <laughs> just kind of shows up and hangs out. Doesn't make a big deal out of it. Doesn't explain himself, but you know he's present and they have a day, and then he goes off or something. <laughs> you know, don't necessarily take the edge off because that's kind of what sets him apart from Sonic. Is Sonic is friend to everybody, and Shadow isn't. But just take off that whole grumpy I don't have friends nonsense. It's just very understated. Let his actions speak for him.
1: Yes. Well, oh, he's growing up. They grew up so fast, Ian. Never mind that he's been around for over 20 years. And b- 50 years before that. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, well, no, hold on. And then however many years it was before that, before he was put in the tube. Man, Shadow's old. I don't think
0: it was very long. <laughs> Besides, he was asleep for most of those 50 years.
1: Yeah. I mean, I wish I could be asleep for 50 years sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, here's a question from Heroes Squad. Do the first and third IDW Sonic sagas have
0: any names? Officially, I don't think so. I like to call the first one Neo Metal Sonic's Revenge. And like to think of the third one, third one being like everything post Metal Sonic up through Starline uh, losing his fight. So uh you know, kind of the fallout of Metal Virus and everything to do with Bell and all of Starline's personal arc. I like to think of that as Eggman's legacy.
1: Mm. Alright. Well that's I guess that would be where imposter syndrome fits in. So is imposter syndrome just like a a sub saga?
0: <laughs> Maybe? It's part of that. Kind of like how yeah. Tangle and Whisper would be part of Yeah. Uh, Yes, technically, mental virus. Metal
1: virus. It's like the transition between the two, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's in that in that sort of nebulous time period. I mean, it's not really nebulous, but you know what I mean. <laughs> All right, we got a question from Ian Waffles. I was wondering if you could go into how involved you were in page layouts during your time at Archie. There's always these cool little background details or clever panel structuring going on that I notice. In rereads, And while I often assume those flourishes were creative liberties taken by the artists, I was curious if you ever made specific requests for panel layouts, character expressions, etc. Or did you mostly just let the artists do their
0: thing? I definitely had suggestions here or there, but largely it's up to the artist. Um, I can't think of anything particularly... Okay, no, no, no. Um, In the pre-reboot Archie... When, uh, doing the whole Adam possessing Tommy and all the chaos Emerald things and whatnot, uh, I had this very particular mental image of back when they had Sonic with the whole whirling legs thing. They don't really do that too much anymore, but I really liked that visual of the legs just kind of whirling under him. Like it's almost a separate entity. And I described it as him banking around the corner, like a motorcycle, taking a really sharp turn. Yeah, and Tracy drew that like dead on to how I envisioned it, and it's like, oh yeah, I'm satisfied. There we go, that's all I wanted. Thank you, Tracy. <laughs> uh, honestly, I we worked together for so long, I got lazy after a bit, and it's like, okay, I know Tracy will render it this way. I don't need to go into too much detail. We're we're completely in sync. Whatever he does will be great, and it's like, oh, we're bringing another other other, other artist, and it's like, oh crap. Uh oh, I have to like describe things now. Oh no. It's not gonna be exactly as I wanted. Ah Oh no. Uh, and, and for something like a particularly um, complicated scene, like the United Heroes attacking Planet Sigma at the end of Worlds Unite, that I went like by uh, breaking it down into like rows of action just to try to break it down and make it manageable so that the so that Tyson didn't have to figure out everything by himself
2: mm-hmm.
0: or like the um the two-page spread where sonic is fighting the robot masters and worlds collide that one was very meticulous you know there's this character doing this and this character doing this and sonic is interacting like that and this is how it all flows together so if it was a very complicated scene or if i had like a very very specific setting in mind then i'd really lay into it and other times it's like no, as long as it works, it works. And then the artists themselves are like, oh, I thought of something clever, or I thought of a better way to do this, or what Ian wants is not going to work on the page, so I will do it this way. <laughs> and you know, it's fine each and every time. There there's been like maybe a handful of moments throughout the past 15 years where I have like a very clear vision for something and put it in the book and it or put it in the script and the artist went in a different direction. It's like, oh, I wanted it my way, (laughs) but it still works. It's still good. It's still fine. Right, right.
1: All right, we got one last question. It's from Ichigo Laser. Why does Sega seem to allow IDW Sonic to basically be game Sonic? Archie Sonic was always clearly its own continuity, with Sega basically ignoring it. Then they seem primed to let IDW sort of connect with the games. Is there a reason for this? Is it because IDW was really well-received? Is it because Sega was very deeply involved from the start with IDW?
0: They're both products of their times. Uh, Archie Sonic was born uh, in the 90s when there was still that division of the Eastern and Western markets. Uh, Western Sega had its own version of Sonic, basically. There was no global marketing plan. It was, you know, this is what works over here and they'll do what works over there and nary the, twi- the two shall meet. And the comic was a byproduct of that. A lot of what Archie Sonic's uniqueness was, was kind of grandfathered in from a contract for a series that nobody thought was going to last 25 issues, let alone hundreds. Um, Cause franchise tie in books didn't do that. You'd be lucky to get two years out of it. Nobody thought it was going to be this record setting thing that it was. So I, uh, after the consolidation of the brand in uh, the turn of the millennium, there was a bit of friction because there was the singular vision of Sonic now, but you had these outliers like Fleetway and Archie Sonic that didn't quite fit, but they also were kind of established. So it was hard to just say no to those. And that's where a lot of the, consolidation with the main brand came in which kind of coincided around the time i was coming onto the book which is a bit of a happy coincidence mm-hmm. with idw sonic this was new contract with a new uh consolidated goal for the material and uh completely different kind of working relationship with sega of america sega of japan and with the licensor, which is idw or licensee So they're just they're different books. They're different business arrangements. They're different uh, company philosophies. They're different brand strategies. They're completely different creatures.
1: Yeah. And Sega seems to have a bit more of a hand in what IDW is doing. And I mean, Sega globally, not not just. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Not just Sega of America. Although. Apparently, Sonic Universe was seen over by
0: Sega of Japan, I guess. which Yeah, that was a weird thing where... It was weird. After a point, point, uh, regular Sonic was just going through Sega of America for approvals. But Sonic Universe, being the new title, had to be overseen by the Japanese team, specifically. Same company, same arrangement, same creative team in a lot of cases and nope it's a different product therefore it needs to be closely monitored
1: yeah and, and yet there were, a, there were a lot of elements of universe that were just like the same as the main comic so it's like or even like new elements that just i don't know it, it it's it's very weird knowing that so but yeah, it makes some sense that they over time there would be more oversight. Like back in the early days it was just like, Yeah, whatever, just here. <laughs> Have the license for this video game that we made. Here you go, here it is. And then later on, you know, they're finally like, Okay, well we need to we need to watch what's going on with this. So Alright. Speaking of watching what's going on with this, I think we've had enough. We need we need to watch our time. And our time is now
0: to leave (laughs) because we're done. This wraps us up for this episode of the Bumblecast. Be good to yourselves, be good to each other, and we will see you next time on the Bumblecast.
1: You don't have to be good to yourselves or to each other if you don't want to, but we'd strongly recommend it. We got some interesting things today. Eh,
0: nothing that far out of the pale
1: no it's nothing we We haven't it's nothing we've not encountered
0: before but it's just like yeah (laughs) and we will encounter it again and again till the end of time
1: uh is that how long we're
0: gonna do this show it seems like it we kind of have to it pays (laughs) the bills well for now until people get tired of us and then they leave unrest. I mean, Gindo Ikari could turn us all into the giant Sea of Tang tomorrow, and there would be still be questions floating maybe, within the juice.
1: Maybe, maybe, like, to maybe we won't have to do this forever, Ian. Maybe. I
0: doubt it, but maybe.
2: <laughs>
0: Even if I won the lotto tomorrow, I'd kind of miss the show, you know? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It is a fun show. Uh, I don't know if
0: I could ever like retire. Retire. The, it, so what like I do it myself.
1: Yeah. Not all the bumbles are related. Why not? Yet. Uh, keep it up. They Maybe might. I'll
0: pull a Gendo Ikari. No. Once don't. everyone's bumble tang, no one can be not bumble tang. No. no. Kyle, get in the fucking recording robot. <laughs> Uh-oh, Ian said the f*** word.
1: Kyle, will you edit it? I guess I have to.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> this Fan Expo was just a fantastic show. Sold out of everything. Yeah. Um, Except for like three issues of Mighty Crusaders number four, which... I wasn't going to be able to sell anyway, so I left them on the table. If the cleaning crew wants one, hot diggity take it. But, uh, you know, sold it all off, had good booth neighbors, had a fantastic crowd of people come by. Uh, it's, It's really something else to have people come up to the table and be near tears to be in your presence. It's like number one that's extremely flattering number two don't please i am not worth getting worked <laughs> up over it's
1: it's 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 very awkward it would it's very just it's it's yeah it's weird it's me i i would be like weirded out i
0: wouldn't know how to react to that like i it was a little awkward the first time but it's happened to me enough times now that it's not awkward and that alone is weird that is really weird that's really weird but then you know for but then for perspective devin Mack came up to the table yeah and was like yo how's it going wanted to shake your hand i'm like cool buddy how are you i didn't i couldn't recognize him because he had the mask on right and he's like i'm devin Mack and i started just oh my god
2: dude,
0: let me come around the table let me shake your hand and i was like oh i'm i'm doing it yeah, I'm doing it now. That's kind of fun. <laughs> I mean, it took you a second to. Not nah, rea- Scruffy, you were
1: fine. It took you a second to realize who I was the first time. Yeah, and then I'm I remember slow on the uptake, and, man, and then I remember your reaction to that, and it was like, "Whoa, all right, hey." <laughs> uh it's just me. Calm down.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So that was funny i know scruffy you were super cool you were super fine uh, i felt really bad that the first time you came by the table i had to like almost immediately move on to other folks because we had a little bit of a line starting i was like no scruffy come back they're they're just clients it's you but i was glad you were able to come back i was glad you were able to meet alia and no nah, that that was a good time
1: come back come back scruffy Come back!
0: Uh, wow, wow! It was also kind of fun seeing the table neighbors, you know, see this level of fandom. <laughs> like, <laughs> gave them a whole new perspective on things. Mm. Who, who were they? I'm curious. On the one side was a fella named Anthony Rutgazer, who is uh, like bush league wrestler. Uh, a DJ, an artist, a writer, a teacher. He's, he does a ton of stuff. Um, and he, he, he had a lot of really good uh, off-the-cuff pitches trying to flag st- people down and pick up stuff. Mm-hmm. And just generally a cool dude. And then the other guy was uh, Michael Dara, who is a storyboard and concept artist for a few minor things you may have heard of, like Handmaid's Tale... Uh, game of thrones it.
1: hmm yeah i don't know any of those no never never heard of them
0: i <laughs> i thought the most impressive thing about his story was that he actually got a job through linkedin oh yeah that's rare but it can happen but yeah like he caught a lucky break and seized upon it and got into the network and rode that wave so good on him nice nicely done
1: You've been listening to The Bumblecast, a co-production of Bumbleking Comics and the KNGI Network. Original theme music composed by Ken Coda-Snyder. Remixed intro by T. Lopes. Find out more information, along with podcast feeder links, mp3 downloads, and more at bumbleking.com and kngi.org.
2: But back when we used to do, you know, the actual Archie booths mm-hmm. and we'd get in for free or whatever, well, so to speak. Um, so we would kind of, you know, semi work at the Archie booth more or less to get in the show and would have to deal with a lot of Archie fans, which in most cases was just kind of a matter of, you know, here, enjoy your Archie books. Give me money. Go away. Thank you. This guy came over and he was like, you know, picking through the Archie books and grabbing a bunch of Jughead related stuff. And he's pointing at Jughead and going like, oh, you know, Jughead eats so much, but he always tastes so skinny. How come that? How does that work out? You know? Ha, ha, ha. And it's like, oh, I guess he has a pretty good metabolism. I don't know. I'm like exhausted here. What do you want from me? And it was like a, a switch like flipped. He just went, No! Metabolism doesn't work that way! Look how many burgers he eats! Look at—he He's wet the hell off! I'm just, oh my god, dude! I don't even work on these! Just buy your damn books and leave me alone! So I'm just like, he's a cartoon character! <laughs> Go away! <laughs> it was scary! Someone should not be that loud and intense. So... You know what? I don't really miss having to deal with people that up front. It was okay at this show that I just kind of sat at the back and
1: mm-hmm.
2: took a nap behind the curtain. Good idea. I don't know how Jughead's metabolism works. I don't <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> throat> <clears throat> throat> Yeah, it just... <sighs> Some people are really, really, really invested in the Archie characters. Really, seriously, invested in the Archie characters <laughs> and I don't work on those books it's not my problem anyway I don't feel like typing so that's me telling that story I'm going to go sit now because I'm sore bye bye
0: Bye, Aaliyah Baker ladies and gentlemen uh, give her a hand yay,
1: yay, yay. <laughs> uh, I think she's told that before but that was a long time ago there's a lot of new people now I've probably never heard that one before
0: There there are lots of good stories. Yes. Lots of bad stories. Oh yeah. Lots of stories in general. Oh yes.